Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Get Jory Into Movies. My name is Lucas. My name is Jacob. And I am Jory. And today's episode is going to be about the film Short Eyes from the year 1977. Uh, Short Eyes is about a child molester sent to prison who finds that criminals exact harsher justice than society. What did you think of uh, Short Eyes, Jory? I didn't have very strong thoughts about Short Eyes. (laughs) (laughs) One way or the other, really. I want to know what you thought about Short Eyes. Me? Yeah, I want to know why you picked it. That's a good question. Um... I don't know. I just think it's a great film. Like, I, th- for me, the the period in American film that is like the most significant, I think, is from like 1968 to like 1977, which is when this film came out. And uh, I just that's like the period where films were very pessimistic. This is like post Vietnam and like post Watergate. And um, I think this is just like a perfect example of why those films are really great because it's you know. Characters are like morally bankrupt or just ambiguous in terms of their morality, and uh, it's very comp. The films are always very complicated. It always presents like a very complicated, uh, like view of society and people. Because do you think it answers those questions? It doesn't. But that's what's interesting about it. I I don't think I don't know if this film answers any real questions because it it's one of those films that presents like so many different sides, so many different points of view. I think, yeah, I think it definitely raises lots of issues for two minutes and then it forgets them or leaves them behind or considers them It, it feels up or definitely like two movies where within the opening 11 minutes of the movie or so, mm-hmm. you're kind of introduced to all the characters excluding the child molester mm-hmm. uh, because he's not introduced into the prison block yet. Mm-hmm. So it's all of these these characters and you, you see every single one of them that you're going to encounter later as the guards sort of do roll call mm-hmm. and the camera tracks throughout uh, the labyrinthian prison complex um, and that's a movie mm-hmm. right of all the different interplay between those guys mm-hmm. and then there's this whole other movie that happens like half the time which is about here's this uh, pedophile yeah now what I don't even know if it's a movie it's like three scenes <laughs> Does this movie have a main character? No. Um, does it need to? It doesn't need to have a, a main character. I think it really does jump between different people. I think they're like... Everybody's going through something. There's like... Um, Cupcakes, in some ways, can be the main character because it's about... it's He's this young kid who hasn't developed completely. And, you know, whether he continues being a criminal or not, we don't know. But it he does, you know... He does seem to be a main character. And then... Juan, who's like sort of the moral character, like the most moral character in the film, he might be the main, like the main character. And then even Longshu, the white guy, who's like the top villain in the film, um, you know, the white guy spends a lot of time discussing how like uh, you like he doesn't like. I mean, they, they, he throws racial slurs at the black guys and the Puerto Ricans and stuff. And uh, yet, like he does, he does have sort of not a friendship but like an acquaintanceship with all the different. Um, like characters in the in the prison, like he buys like a shank or whatever from one of the guys. Um, so it's that, I, I find that very interesting. I think it's so much of that time, and I'm like a huge fan of the films from that era. There definitely seems to be a camaraderie between everybody. Mm-hmm. They fight each other mm-hmm. across racial lines, within racial lines, for just petty like manly you know, masculinity reasons for, like, 
moral, ethical reasons. But there does seem to... You do get a sense that there's, like, a community. I don't know if that's the right word. But, you know, there's definitely... They all have relationships with each other. You like, get a good sense of where they, how they all move next to each other. Yeah. You're talking about the yeah. dynamics of how, how to maneuver your way around prison. They, they do a very good job of defining those. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a whole monologue that the white guy did, that the white guy make has where he uh, is like he tells oh, the pedophile for yeah, sure. yeah like he's just like hey like um, when you're here stick with your kind but then like sometimes if, if if you have a beef with like a black guy maybe a Latin character can watch your back but don't trust the black guy if the Latin character is, is against you and it's just like it's kind of like it's it's so interesting because. It's interesting. It's like it's like it's a it's like kind of an environment and a culture that I am so unfamiliar with that the film itself is so like oh, like enlightening. I think. I guess I just feel like all the arguments that you're making for this movie, which I 100% agree with, by the way, mm-hmm. I feel like is discussing. I, I mentioned it's two movies. You know, are you, I feel like mm-hmm. you're describing the movie that is just about what Joy describes as the day-to-day life of prison, mm-hmm. and then there's this other thing that I feel like we. I mean, I can't forget at least that when you when you describe the movie at the beginning of this episode, you say this is a movie about a pedophile. Mm-hmm. That's not technically true. I mean, he's kind of like that's. I mean, there's various plots. It's like think of it more like like a like you know when you watch ensemble films like Mash or like whatever like Shortcuts. It's like they all have like many things going on. And <laughs> it was a wildly different movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, like, they, they all have, like, um, things going on and, like, multiple things going on. I think reality is like that. Like, you know... I mean, I'm not arguing against yeah. ensemble films. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that when, for me, one-third raises far more problems than I think it deserves mm-hmm. or is worth, get out. Cut yeah. it. I think I agree. But, um, well, it is based on a play, and sometimes it's very difficult. And this is not me trying to cop out for it but like it's very difficult to adapt plays into films because play plays it just like the structure is always very it's very different because I think film is more you can do whatever you want you can jump between different things and plays are very confined to like one location and like three acts or whatever mm. that um and in this film I think is like clearly like a just a direct adaptation of that play it's pretty interesting though because uh, I didn't read the play yeah, I but I looked it up and the guy who wrote the play wrote the screenplay mm-hmm. in yeah. the same way where uh, David Mamet wrote the screenplay and the play for Glenn Gary Glenn Ross yeah. and it's interesting word because on the stage play you can clearly tell that it's a stage play because mm-hmm. it's all one location as you say but there are a lot of not a lot of them but there are enough quiet moments that could only happen on film in the opening sequence when uh, two of the I don't know what to call them the bully prison inmates mm-hmm. are, are uh, sort of harassing this character Cupcakes and very quietly he kind of under his breath says fuck you which you couldn't accomplish in a stage play um, just because no one would have heard it in the audience so you can kind of have those little bit of those That's quiet moments yeah. and explore mm-hmm. this, the pauses and silences um yeah, and given that I haven't read the stage play, I don't know how much of a difference. I just assume that, like, structurally, it's very close to the play, because it's just because the film itself seems like a play, like, right. a, like a filmed play. But, um, yeah, like, I, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't have that knowledge. But I think it's definitely, in terms of, like, if you compare it to other films from that era, it's definitely less cinematic than, than a lot of those films. Like, if you look at, like, 
Godfather is such a cinematic film and, and totally not, couldn't be a stage play. This is clearly just like, it just seems so much like a stage play given like the one location and all that. And like the ensemble characters. But I think that might be why it's, it kind of gets lost in translation um, from play to film where like we're dealing with very different mediums, I think. I mean, they both emphasize acting and like storytelling, but I think it's a lot of the things that you probably, uh, this is just an assumption, but like a lot of the things that you guys probably didn't enjoy about it um, would have, you it would have gotten away, they would have gotten away with it if it had been a stage, if it just, if we want to see the stage play, you know. That's probably true. Yeah. I, think. I don't think it's a bad movie and I don't mm-hmm. think it being, originally being a play makes it a bad movie. Yeah. It just, you can tell very much that it was a play. And that's not, it's not a bad thing, but it is very, like you just said, it's, you know, broken up into scenes, it's broken up into, like, monologues. And I think because of that, it doesn't make a whole movie. Mm-hmm. I think it makes a... The, the sum of its parts are really great. There's lots of good bits throughout it, but as a whole, I don't know that it's well, anything. Really. I actually oh. like that aspect of it. You say a sort of, if I would have and get away with it, if it was a stage play, I actually enjoyed how stripped down it was because it sort of let me. Because I'm, I know literally fuck all about prison culture or anything about that. I have no idea if this is realistic or unrealistic, but the fact that it wasn't for the most part cinematic let me actually enter the world and experience it because it felt it felt like here we are, like from the opening sequence. My favorite part of the movie is that opening eleven minutes because it's just like here's the day starting. Here's what these guys are up to. Here's what they're like. And there really is no plot. And I felt like I could have just watched them exist before the sort of the description you gave about the movie kicks in. But, um, I mean, there are moments in it, though, though that, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like, not like a set piece, but it's just kind of, you know, there's like a musical sequence. Not really a musical sequence, but that's when Curtis Mayfield starts singing. Like, that kind of stuff, like... Yeah, maybe you don't need it, but I think it. I think it. No, but that's part of the prison life thing. That's showing how they yeah. interact with each other during their what they call the day room. Yeah. You know, when they're all hanging out, um, whether or not it's in their cells, and they can kind of mingle. Well, what you describe as, or what you engaged with as, confusing and grey. I think us, you know, nuanced and grey. I think I just found it confusing. I think they, yeah, there were just all these things that were brought up that just muddied the waters. I really, I liked the movie. I didn't really like it. <laughs> I liked the movie, but I just don't know that it's anything. I think I find it insubstantial. An example is Cupcakes, right? So we get this idea that Cupcakes is the new guy or the he's the pretty young guy that everyone is picking on. And he has to kind of make his own way and find his space and watch his back. But then there are also times where he's fine, he's getting along with them great, and he's part of the group. And, you know, it swings between him being a victim and him being one of the guys. And it doesn't ever really land anywhere for me. Right, because there's that opening sequence that I mentioned earlier, when they're clearly harassing him, they're they're blowing kisses at him, and they're, they're saying lewd things towards him, and he very quietly rebukes them. Not loudly, because he, he, he feels unable to, but he says very quietly, fuck you, fuck off. Um, and then the next scene, he's partaking, 
he starts off this whole musical sequence where he, he has a rag that he's pretending is a microphone mm. and he starts singing and then they go you take it you take it and then Curtis Mayfield starts singing and the electric guitar is playing in the background mm-hmm. and I go what is going well, on that? that scene is sick well, like, you don't need yeah. to slag well, off that scene well, the funny that's thing great I want to say about that scene is like I can't tell if he's lip syncing I mean, he's, he's clearly lip syncing. I know, I know, I know. He's lip syncing. He's not with, meant to be. Lip-syncing. Yeah, but within the story, because no. like the radio, but the radio starts playing. Oh, well, you assume it's from a radio, and he starts singing, but that you hear the voice, but he's not singing, and then he just starts singing. See, I didn't think yeah. about the radio because I just assumed that that was the movie movie part. Somebody, well, that, that's true too. Yeah, somebody that says something along the lines of, "Come on, man, you can sing better than these people on the radio. Take it." Something along mm. those lines, and then he starts singing. So I think that in. Within the movie, he's meant to be singing in that room with all those people, which is great. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great scene. I'm not trying to make fun of the scene. Just drop Curtis Mayfield into any movie and have him yeah, sing yeah. for a scene. And then as soon as Two he's... Two thumbs up. As soon as he's done singing, you got to send him away to South Africa yeah. and find him because he's done. He's yeah. done. One day on. Go, go away. I wonder, though, is that character in the play... That's I a, haven't I, read the play, I, but I yeah. want to know uh, if there's a similar. No, I wouldn't well, that too. Because I wouldn't imagine. Well, it's like, like, he doesn't do anything. No, no. Well, he is. He and well, maybe there's like a, it's a composite, or like it's a composite of a character from the play that was it, like when they finally, I don't know, they they asked Curtis, hey, you want to do mu- the music for this film? And they say, yeah, of course. Um, I think uh, I think maybe it's a composite of a character from the play because. Um, the character does have, you know, basically the two original, like, guy, like, I guess, well, they were just, they sell stuff in the, they're like scroungers. Yeah, well, they, I don't understand they, because their, their job is to, in the beginning, it seems like they're, they're selling cigarettes mm-hmm. and other items to the inmates. And then later, unless I'm confusing them with other people, they're told that they, like, clean up. Oh, well, I mean, like, everybody in the prison they're like things up. Handy, but I don't know. Maybe I just got confused. Oh wait, no, they were definitely weren't handy. They were definitely prisoners. But um, you know, like Juan has to clean up, and they they all kind of have their own chores. Like there's that one big kind of he's not fat, but he's kind of a hefty, husky character, who um, you know, is the one that has to like I, I forgot he he brings the trash cans of of silver. He brings he gets rid of those or something. Yeah. Um, everybody kind of has a role like they're they're. they're you know, the I, role, you know. I but. think that tr- those, the two troublemakers at the start are more weird than that. Because the guy comes in and he cleans the table and then he leaves again, and that's fine. He's doing his chores. But the two guys are meant to play, or do play, I guess, a role in the story. So at the start, they're the, they're the troublemakers. They Slash introduce, introducing the characters. Thing. Yeah, and then they introduce the whole cupcakes thing about, like, they're the first ones to, like, sexually harass cupcakes and bring up that idea... And then they cause some more trouble, but then the guy gets his arm smashed and he leaves and he's not in the movie again. Right? Yeah. 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 So he just like He's done. It's the same thing. Like, it's the same better... thing that happens with everything else for me. Like they raise a thing and then they cut it off. But it all leads to other thing, because that ultimately that that vignette, if you will, is is what leads to, to them bullying Juan and saying, Hey, those guys were bad and you wanted to get them off the floor why don't you want to get this pedal off the floor yeah I guess okay do you because I asked earlier and you said I asked who the main character is it feels like Juan's the main character because every single thing leads to him in some way I don't I think it's an ensemble I'll, I'm, I'm gonna say it's an ensemble piece but I think he is a, a major character I think I think 
the thing is, I think we're looking at it too much from a very traditional perspective, and I, I don't. The movie's not a traditional film. It's very, and that's why I think it's so important because I think it's so. Uh, it, it 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 sways away from conventional storytelling. I think, and, and and I think that's why that's why I like it so much. It's like so different. It's not like, you know, it's clear like clear that you know. When, when you watch film, like traditional films, like there's there is like a good guy who's the main character, um, and then there's a bad guy who's the main character, and it, 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 and there's nothing wrong with films like this where like it's clear that the whole story is about this one character overcoming these things in order to stop this bad character. But I think, I mean, you know me, I'm all for movies that muddy the waters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not trying to say that I want something to be very black and white. Here's what's going, here's what's going on. But I do think at least something needs to be happening that has some focus. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, this this film is definitely the movie world rather than the movie movie world, where <laughs> it's very realistic. It's it's slice of life, and I think, you know, in, I mean, I, I also don't know anything about prison culture, but I assume like the way reality happens, I feel like you know, one day you're just having a day, and it's just everybody, and then like one day, like a pedophile just shows up at your prison complex, <laughs> and then, and then, like I think th- what's interesting about it is just like the dynamics, like how I, I feel like almost the plotlessness of it helps because a lot of the times with prison films, it's always about like an escape. Well, there think, is a plot. You know, yeah, thing, there is a plot. Because what like, you're saying, yeah, I 100 agree with you mm-hmm. that it is completely interesting. To just be dropped into one floor, one block mm-hmm. of this entire one complex, day. one day, and see what happens. Um, but then it's not that because it is that for a little bit. But then they keep coming back to to, the, but, to, uh, to this pedophile character who I don't know what he's doing in this movie. Yeah, I agree. I I agree with that. Yeah, and I think that each bit is well. Some bits are better than others. <laughs> I don't need the pedophile guy. But it is just bits and pieces. And so it seems... Occasionally the movie seems substantial and meaningful. And then it's just kind of left behind. And you move on to the next thing. Is it because you think you don't stay with one character or two characters? Or is it that one third of the equation to you is bankrupt? Maybe I think it's that you I like I can follow characters as they move around. Like I don't need to be stuck with the same guy for like forty five minute block and then we'll go on to the next guy for forty five minutes. Like you can cut and paste and I'm gonna be able to follow it because I'm not an idiot. But I don't know that they ever come back to them. So they like raise an issue, they talk briefly of like you know, you get this idea that they're talking about criminal justice or bail reform or you know, the school-to-prison pipeline. But they just kind of mention these things. They don't do anything with them. They mention them. I guess they maybe they bring them up so you can think about them, and then... I guess that's a good question where it's like, especially given the heavy topics, forget the pedophile part. I mean, just all the things that you're mentioning, Jory. Yes, I understand the audience is supposed to participate in what you're actively viewing and consuming, but... I think that if you're going to bring up some of these things, you have to at least, maybe not solve them, but I need to feel like you have at least some sort of answer, even if you're withholding it from uh, me. I don't know about that. I mean, I think... What, you don't get to just bring up, like, prison reform, all these different things, and say, here this, is this stuff. 
what makes it so interesting is that I don't know whose side to take. I mean, we look at, I mean, I think like objectively we should take Juan's side, but even Juan, like he's a, he's a good guy in the film, but he's also in jail. So like he must've done something wrong, you know? And I think like there's that. And then there's like, you know, the pedophile is a pedophile. Should we cheer on the, um, the other bad guys into killing him? I mean, like, you know, we're talking about a very pessimistic era where, you know, nobody really knows I feel like you're right in that you don't know whose side to take, except for the fact that you do know whose side to take because he's a pedophile. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm, I'm just making things overly black and white for no reason. Like, every single thing you're saying about racial profiling, about the school-to-prison pipeline, makes complete sense to me, where it is very gray, and how you speak about the, you know, moral relativeness of 70s cinema. But I feel like once you inject one of the most heinous crimes known to man, which is becoming a pedophile. Mm-hmm. You need to ha- have something more nuanced than pedophiles are bad, is killing them bad, isn't interesting to me. Like that conundrum. I don't like movies, like I mentioned last week, where they set a thing up just so they can move to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing, and then the movie's over. Yeah, we did it. Like, that sucks. But... This is oh, the opposite sorry. direction. Yeah, this they're like running around in circles, and they stop every now and then, and don't know which way they're facing. So they just run around in some circles some more. I think this is, or maybe they're just not even running at all. Maybe they're sitting down. This is such a bad metaphor. There's too much dudes sitting around. Yeah, <laughs> sitting literally. Around. Well, yeah, I mean, that is sort of the slice of life thing. Like, there, there's no, like, forward progression. Like, I mean, there is forward progression. I mean, there is, because they have to find out what to do about the pedophile. Yeah, but I think, you know, you can't... You can't That's progression. T- yeah, but you can't time when the pedophile will show up at your yes, You can, because they wrote it. I know, but, like, <laughs> but, like, I think he's trying to stick more to reality. And not make it so it's typical, like, if the film just opened up with pedophile shows up and then, you know, and then he has to go, I think it's more slice of life, but with, I mean, obviously with, I mean, even slice of life has progression, but it's, everything's kind of off because he's, he's making it very realistic. I guess I really, because by the time the pedophile shows up, I'm introduced to all these other characters who I'm dying to know what happens to them next. One of my favorite characters in the movie is the, at least, maybe not a character because I don't know his character, but his di- interactions with other people, which is the the preacher. Uh, oh, the um, imam, the Muslim yeah, uh, preacher. Uh, Al-Rahim. Yeah, who has, has the, when the first scene where they're all in the day room, where they're all kind of hanging out, and you, you first get to see them interact in a group setting, um, immediately after the intro, and he's, he's preaching, and he's... Uh, He's talking about how he thinks the black and should act, and how he thinks that they're they're betraying their true nature in God, and then he's he's also uh, completely besmirching the character of the white inmates just because they're white. He's calling them the devil, and they get into a fight. The white, the main white prisoner, and the preacher gets into this this fight, um, which and that whole dynamic I thought was so interesting, and I just wanted to see him do more stuff. I don't know. I just is that whole idea that I know nothing about of. Of a, it brought up race relations in prisons. It mm. brought up uh, the idea of, of faith in prisons, but also among black communities, and how he felt that the black his black community members were betraying what he thinks they should do in the eyes of God. And I was like, I want to know what happens to 
that guy and yeah. what he believes. Mm -hmm. And I it kind of fizzled out. Unless I blacked out during part of the movie. <laughs> but I mean, again, no, that yeah, leads to another thing, though. Because that, I think every weird moment where you're like, oh, it doesn't lead to anything. It ultimately leads to, to the end. It culminates in the end where he is the one that has to, um, you know, do that thing to the pedophile. And uh, he has, you know, he's ready to do it. But And they're all like, kind of like, okay, do it. You always want to kill the white devil, right? And then he's just, I can't do it. And like, I think that... It leads to that. I think it's just like kind of like we're, it definitely is an ensemble piece where you have all these characters and they all kind of converge at the end and face kind of you know it's like really like a face an intense moment you know at the end. Right. Um, is it that? In well, yeah, it is intense. Oh man, it was really intense. Like when I remember when I first saw it, I was just like you know I was like oh my god, like oh my god. Yeah. Oh. But there's yeah. no doubt. Well, there wasn't any doubt, at least for me, from the start, that it's not going to end well for the pedophile. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not as if he's going to win them over and they're going to accept him into the fold. Like, he's, one way or another, he's going down. Well, I guess that's something that's interesting because you mentioned Jerry, and I agree that as soon as he shows up, it's not going to end well. It's essentially predestined from the moment he arrives to the moment he leaves that he was always going to leave it yeah. that way. He wasn't going to walk out. Mm -hmm. Um... So I feel like for him, and also, you claim that it's a morally gray movie, which I do agree, mm -hmm. and that is one of my complaints about it, but when the ending, it's uncontroversial, I mean, to kill the pedophile. I mean, he's bad, right? Mm -hmm. You talk about shocking. There's a pedophile, they all don't like him, they briefly dally with the idea that maybe he's got a personality, maybe there's some sort of redemption open for these characters, as one of the main characters, Juan, is wrestling with what should I do? Because I'm talking to him. He seems like a person, but he also did this stuff. And then he dies. So it's not like the movie takes a heart and just like, okay, maybe he's okay. Oh no, they killed him. <laughs> you know? Like the bad thing is going to come to the pedophile. So like the writer is essentially saying, maybe they're okay. But then he's going to kill them anyway. He being the writer. That's what I was saying before. It's either just a vehicle for the development of the other characters. Like, it has to be. That's all it can be, right? Yeah. Because nobody thinks that he's going to be okay. Right. Well, that's the thing. Is the whole movie is is an ensemble, but clearly, like, all roads lead to either him dying or how does Juan feel about all this. Hmm. Those are the two things and all the different characters, all the different things. Here's the kind of the, the handyman weirdo bullies. Here's cupcakes. Here's all these other guys. Here's the main white leader. Here's the preacher. Everything leads to either, what does Juan think about this? And when are they going to all gang up and kill this guy? Yeah. You know, movies don't have to always be Ghostbusters where it's all fun and games. Like, you, you, sometimes you want to see something provocative and controversial and disturbing, you know? And I think, I mean, that might not be your taste and, like, you or Jory's taste, but I think those are the types of films that I like where it kind of punches you in the gut because, I mean, what happens in the third act, like... I don't really know how I feel about it because, like, ultimately something happens to a bad person. But, um, I don't want to... I don't know if... Like, the way it's, like, um, depicted is very disturbing and very cruel and, and, and disgusting. But I don't know... Like, I just don't know how I feel about that, you know? And I think that's what's... Definitely, like, what sums up 70s films and, uh... A lot of the films that I like is where it just like it makes me 
unsure and, and unsettled and, and, and kind of feeling gross a little bit. And I think, I, I don't know, I just, that's, I, in terms of taste, like this, it might be like a taste thing. That's just the kind of stuff that I tend to enjoy, you know, as a, as a, as a film watcher, you know. If the movie was like an 11 minute short of just the guys doing roll call and they sing a song, I would have been like, this movie's great. It's a great, perfect movie. You nailed it. Oscar for this short film. Amazing. I the, the first 11, if it's 11, 20, whatever minutes is, is really, really good. Really like it when they're all like yelling at each other across their cells and bantering. So interesting. The introduction, yeah, I, the, I'm a big fan of the first 20 <laughs> and, and the way that they move the camera through the prison in a way that feels very fluid is the part where it feels the most cinematic to me. The part that I think could only be done within a camera, uh, within the, the vehicle of a motion picture, is that opening sequence. Because the rest is just them stood around, yeah, an open set. This, this is just, show all the main block, here's all the prison guards walking through, here's the, the dolly movement, cut back and forth to all the different characters, they're shouting at each other, shot, reverse shot, all these sort of things, it's like, that's it. So I want to bring up like one scene that I really enjoy, which is more like, sometimes when you watch films, you just want like a great image or a great moment that you've never seen before. And I think this is one of those, this is kind of like the musical sequence where you don't really know, you, it's like kind of no point to it, um, but there's a sequence involving like a race with cockroaches. They have empty packs of cigarettes and they're betting with cigarettes who's gonna win the race. And they, they, they like open up these packs of cigarettes and these cockroaches come out and like run through this track. And I think that's just such a great moment. Uh, I really, like that <laughs> why yeah. well like have you ever seen that like it's have you ever seen anything like that before you know <laughs> that doesn't make it good yeah I'm not saying you have to like it but like I really enjoy that I think that's you really enjoyed good. it because you never saw it before for that specific I never reason. saw it before and I think it just appeals to me I think <laughs> the the idea of just cockroaches racing <laughs> and like, but you know if, if you want me to defend it if you want me to defend it <laughs> In terms of like, what does this mean for the story? I mean, again, this is sort of goes back to the slice of life thing. Where like they're bored. You're, you're, if, you're, if you're in prison, you're bored, and you know you come up with interesting. I mean, if you can make a shank in jail, you're gonna come up with at some point yeah. like betting on cockroaches racing. racing. Yeah, it's yeah. A, you're right. You're yeah. right about that. Mm -hmm. It's another vignette, and it's part of the interesting. You know, just part of the daily life of the prison, but. There's no point to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I just feel like the movie's not done when you can't put anything else in. It's done when you can't take anything else out. And I feel like you can take most of this movie out. Ooh. Uh, well, I don't know about the cockroach scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the classic cockroach scene. We live in New York, man. We can yeah. find some cockroaches. <laughs> I mean, if you guys really want to do that, I would totally play, do that. I, I catch all the cockroaches and then we could race them. <laughs> I have no yeah. idea what you're wrong about. Yeah, I think, I mean... Really, when you watch when you watch the cockroach scene, you just sit there with a stone face, like I don't like this. This does not make me feel good. This is bad. I think no, I felt it's a very I didn't love it. I didn't scene. hate it. I nothing. Yeah, but that's what I'm talking about. You're just sitting there, just like with a straight face, like oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, like it's such a good scene. Like it's such a fun scene. What did you think? It is fun. It's it's pretty cute fun. too. <laughs> when they, yeah, at the end when they, it like runs off the yeah, end of the table and they all. You know, jump up on the table. Even these big bad murderer guys are scared of cockroaches. It's fun. It's I guess it is nothing. There's well, no, no point like, to this, it at all. I keep mentioning it, but I keep going back to the 
this keeps going back to the two movies, right? And mm-hmm. I feel like both sides of the movie negate each other. Mm-hmm. Because you have half the movie that is this, what are we going to do about the pedophile movie? Okay, I want to, so if we're going to talk about that, let's talk about that. I'm in, I'm sat down, I'm ready to think about this. The other half is slice of life vignettes. And I feel like whenever I'm watching the vignettes, I just like, I get to the, the main attraction. I want to f- figure out what to do about this with these characters. But no, they're just stopping cockroaches. And then when we get to the part where they're thinking about the pedophile, he just says, some, he says something about like, well, I love my wife and kids. And it's like, I want to watch him stop on cockroaches. <laughs> I, I don't know what I want from this movie. Uh, yeah, and also just... There are no, um, everything is kind of, it's the, life is complicated, man. It's difficult. <laughs> life is difficult. Put that on the first. You know, <laughs> life is difficult. It is difficult. It is difficult because like, you know, like you say you have two friends that are fighting and it's hard to choose which side to, 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 because like say, usually, you know, usually when some, when two people fight, I feel like rarely it's ever one person like actually doing all the antagonism. Sometimes maybe one person provokes the other person first right. and then it and then but then you know like when they fight back it's dirty and like how can you like justify anything there are always two sides of every story I agree yeah, with yeah. You. and, and I, this is the great a, thing about this film is there's like 20 sides to to the same story and i think that's what the film is raising like we don't know it's life is complicated right you know? but i guess like when you have you mentioned friends when your friends fight it's ugly mm-hmm. let's say you have friends that are a couple right mm-hmm. and the couple breaks up one of them may have done a slightly worse thing than the other one but it, it's not just a one-sided thing always. And you're not going to not be friends with the person, probably, who did the slightly worse thing. You're probably going to be friends with both of them. You might not hang out with each other at the same time. However, the one that did something slightly worse, maybe they cheated, right? Maybe they lied. Maybe they were or doing something bad. Fucking... Or maybe they were a fucking pedophile. And you're not going to speak <laughs> to them ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so what was your question? 